We're coming in hot with inspiring guests, witty banter, and colorful commentary for today's veterans and military community. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. I don't think that's the president's theme, but hey, we just had President's Day. I am running for, you know what I'm running for, mayor of legiontown.org. And I think, Ashley Gutermuth, I think maybe you should run for president. Okay. Done. That was, that was easy. Uh, put your name on the ballot and have fun with okay. that. Thank you. Right. <laughs> it's also Black History Month. Um, we are my by my rapid fire is going to be filled with little tidbits in honor of that. But first, first we have very interesting story, and I'm going to let uh, future president Gutermuth, uh the next president of these United States, Ashley Gutermuth, will you please do topic one? Thank you, Mayor of Legion Town. Uh, this is we're talking about the breach at Air Force One base under investigation. Wow, I need to that headline. I was just like, okay, can we throw in some additional words to make it make sense? There was a breach at Andrews Air Force Base. How about that? Fix it for you, the Hill. Law enforcement is investigating after an intruder breached the home base of Air Force One on Monday before being apprehended. Joint Base Andrews said in a tweet that a man gained access to a base housing area at around 11:30 a.m. on Monday. A resident of the base opened fire at the man and security arrived at the scene to arrest the intruder. It said no injuries or property damage were reported. The base located in Maryland houses a fleet of blue and white presidential aircraft, including Air Force One, Marine One and a doomsday 747 airplane that can serve as an airborne nuclear command and control center if needed. The base was previously breached in February 2021 when a man passed a military checkpoint and got through fence secure areas to get onto a C-40, the military 737 equivalent aircraft that flies government officials. The man was arrested after a mouse ears cap he was wearing made an observant airman suspicious. An inspector general concluded that three major failures in security allowed the man to gain access to the C-40. One was a human failure from a security guard, allowing him to enter the base despite not having credentials that gave him access. Another was his ability to get through the fence undetected. And the third was his ability to walk onto and off a parked airplane without anyone questioning him despite not having the required badge to gain access. Um, okay, first of all, let's back right up, all right? A resident of the base opened fire at the man and security arrived at the scene to arrest the intruder. And who did it? Oh, a military spouse did it. Chief Bass, her husband was like, I am not putting up with this. You get off my base. Who do you think you are? I love it. Taking it can, into our I own hands, him, of course. Can you picture him with the, with the Clint Eastwood get off my lawn voice? Just get off my lawn. Get Just, off my base. Cowboy hat. <laughs> white t-shirt there you go i i i just, i don't why does this keep happening andrews i've been on andrews air force base they checked my id i didn't have to sneak through a fence i i think that person might need to be well it's weird i this story you talked about how it was kind of the title was a little off the organization of information confusing to me so i, I think 
after the was was breached uh, previously breached. I think that whole second half was about the last breach, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like three right. paragraphs about the actual the news story, and then a lot about. Well, you know, this one just happened. So, and we talked about that and I wasn't there. <laughs> so I just put myself in because Holly put in the bottom and I was like, I'm going to make this seamless. And I was like, I wasn't there when we talked about it before, but you and another person named Ashley did talk about it one other time. Super producer. Another Ashley me. Marie. Another Ashley Marie. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I like to me, the, it shouldn't be happening. I lived on Bowling Air Force Base where you would see all the Marine helicopters that carry the yeah. president. They were there all the time. And um, I spent some time at Andrews as well. But, you know, I just think that maybe people need to stop trying to get through the gate. Just leave them alone. Leave security forces have got enough going on. They don't need any of your nonsense. Okay. But if you do, if you do, you know, want to be annoying and an a-hole, please wear ear ears so they... So that a observant airman will see you and it, none of, so so many of these things like have you okay i don't know what you did in the marines but my husband's a pilot so we spend a lot of time near flight lines right they have these flight line badges flight line badges are not you can't get it unless you need to be on the flight line and then they make you take a test flight line driving license they make you take a test for everything there's like one little step every step of the way and who knew that all you had to do was put on some mickey mouse ears and you can get right on the plane on the plane on the plane it's fog risk the fraud is jeff I, I did not hear what you just said do you know what a, do you do you know what fod is no Fod, V-O-D, I'm so excited. F, F-O-D, foreign object damage. It's, they do fod walks along the runway, the ramp, the apron, all that stuff to make sure that there's not like panels and wrappers and, and things that can happen that can get sucked up into the engine. You want to take down this nation with your mouse ears? You want them to be sucked into an engine? I don't want it. All right. It's weird that that you find recording artists on the flight line. Rappers. Anyway. <laughs> That's strange. <laughs> and Holly was right. Holly's been with me too long. She was right there. I can't the get sticks are great. In the old days, I could get stuff by her and she didn't know where I was going. And then Jurek, our editor, would be like, It's like they don't they've never met you before. Mm. All right. So I think the the blame here, at least in the second one, which, as Holly said, we've talked about before, but um, the one, the the initial breach at the gate is is the big one to me. But it also has it's been a training moment for the the people around the plane. They probably aren't used to anybody getting past the other levels to get back there where People are looking for badges. Well, these usually their cops are out there. They're sitting in their car and they're looking at the flight line. There's lines, the the red lines that say do not pass. And those are the, the entry control points. Okay. And the whole thing is do not pass that or they can shoot you. I am upset 
that that didn't happen because there's been so many times where I've been like, I'm not going to cross that. When my husband came back from his deployment, he had been gone for seven months. He gets off the airplane and I was like, well, I can't cross the red line to get to the airplane. <laughs> so we don't know. This isn't on the flight. This isn't necessarily in the flight. It was a parked plane. Could have been a hangar. It could have been a hangar. They would have mentioned if he also snuck into a hangar. Well, through a no, fence, like secure area to get it. There were flies, government officials, but they got through a checkpoint and got through a fence secure. This is all kinds of not awesome. No, stop and, doing it or I'm coming for you. Or you're going to come for the people that should have come for him, I think. No, I'm going to come for the people that keep trying to mess with security force on base. They keep trying to mess with Chief Bass's husband. So he has to waste bullets. You know how expensive those are? I'm sick of it. Yeah. Right. It's like you got to make life choices to buy ammo and eggs. OK, you know who this person would never have gotten by? Who? Our, our today's guest. Today, we're going to be joined by Stacy Pearsall. Her bio would take us days. And I'm going to use my least favorite uh, language trick, literal days to read to you. So we'll put it in the show notes, but I'll give you some highlights. Stacy served in the Air Force as a combat photojournalist. And I'm going to preface, I'm going to add to what you wrote here, Holly. A lot of people call themselves combat this, combat that. Oh, no. When you see, when you see her list of stuff, she's legit, or as we're saying now, too legit to quit. Uh, if you know what that is, please let us know in the comments on YouTube. Let us know how cool you are. All right. She's a combat photojournalist where she earned numerous medals and commendations during her deployments. She's one of only three women to win National Press Photographers Association, or the NPPA, Military Photographer of the Year competition, and is the first woman to earn it twice. Today, Stacy continues to work worldwide as an independent photographer and as an author, educator, military consultant, Bravo 748 public speaker and founder of the Veterans Portrait Project. Whew. Her current project is a show on PBS called After Action, which reveals the experiences of veterans about life before, during, and after their service. We're going to be right back and humbled with Stacy right after the break. By pulling out your cell phone and simply typing www.legion.org forward slash action, you have at your fingertips our legislative priorities. With one press of a button, you can let your congressmen and your senators know what the American Legion wants to pass. And you can do it every single day. The power is in our hands. You just have to take the opportunity to use it. Welcome back, alphas and aspiring alphas to the Tango Alpha Lima experience. We're here today with, I don't know how many titles that I can say in one show. So I'm just gonna say the name and you're gonna have to experience her for yourself. Stacy Pearsall, welcome to the Tango Alpha Lima experience. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. Appreciate it. All right, All right we're a little more risky, not risque, but we're a little more risky than PBS. So buckle up and get ready. <laughs> buckle uh, up. <laughs> And over there is my good friend, Ashley Gudermuth. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Stacy. How are you? Hi, Ashley. Hi. All right. So we're going to jump right into this. Uh, Ashley, uh, are you going to get us rolling? 
let's get us rolling. Okay. okay. Uh, Stacy, your career is amazing. I was looking at your beautiful, uh, the portraits that you took uh, for the Veterans Portrait pro Project. And um, I know we want to talk today about your PBS show, but I feel like it kind of ties together. So what I want to know is when you take a, a portrait of someone, what are you trying to bring out of them? If that well, does I, that make any sense? Absolutely. I think when we when we are being photographed, we tend to want to put on who or project the individual we think people want to see. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, whether that's confident or, you know, a sort of like pucker face, whatever. Yeah. So I, it's my job to put the veteran at ease and peel back those um, layers and get right down to the heart of the individual and talk a little bit about their military experience and, you know, get some dialogue going that will allow me to reveal who who's underneath that initial facade. And I, I hope that those who are looking at the Veterans Portrait Project will see just how genuine each and every veteran is and vulnerable do it during our sessions. Um, I think that that's the, probably the most impactful kind of way or approach to this project. Wow. It's so interesting because I've had photographs taken for, I'm a comedian, I'll have headshots taken and things like that. And just that, that letting your guard down, I'm always trying to let my guard down. Like I would love to just be able to just go, all right, it's down. But for, there's something behind in my brain. That's like, nope, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> like it's like, it takes time. So I appreciate it. And it definitely comes out in your portraits. 100%. I think a lot of that is, is conditioning. Like so many veterans have this persona and we tend to lead with that. Right. And, um, you know, being vulnerable is definitely not in the vernacular of a veteran right off. And that's something that has to be earned. And I think, you know, Ashley, if you were engaging with a, the photographer who knew your language or spoke your language, whatever that may be, that that facade could come tumbling down that much quicker. Yeah. Wow. I used to, I used to take, I used to take headshot, um, I used to do headshot photography and I'm an actor, so I, uh, and depth is the furthest thing from my mind. It's all about aesthetics and, and hiding all of that. <laughs> Vulnerability, is that a word? Is that how you say yeah, it? Yeah. I'm not familiar, I'm not super familiar. Um, <laughs> so, so when you when you do these kind of shoots, it, it sounds like they, they probably take longer and, and and you're having like deep conversations to to help them uh, get to where they want you and they want to be. Is that how the process goes? Um, not in every case. I would say on average, I would spend about 10 minutes per, with each veteran. And I think what is so important is the fact that I, we had a, share, a shared experience. So we can jump through time and space a little bit and and fast forward and there's no translation necessary we just go right to the heart of what we want to talk about and you'd be surprised just how quickly somebody could bond over a shared experience like a military experience and that definitely puts people a, a little less on guard and i think because i'm a veteran myself there's no ulterior motives i'm not here to present that anybody in a bad light. I'm just here to photograph them, who they are and who they are as an individual. That's outstanding. So, right. So you, you 
grew up, for lack of a better word, doing still photography. Now you're in the moving picture business. Uh, tell us what your current project is. Well, I am hosting and producing a, a television series on PBS called After Action. And it really started uh, evolving when I was doing the Veterans Portrait Project. I had worked with a director from South Carolina ETV, which is educational television, on a different project for veterans about post-traumatic stress. And this was well over a decade ago. And um, several years back, he reached out and asked me to participate in this other project, which thankfully fell through because it opened the doors to evolve uh, an extension of the Veterans Portrait Project, but in a television form. And the platform is essentially, I sit down with three veterans and we talk about one topic and wherever that conversation goes, it goes. And I think the, the purpose of it is because through the course of doing the Veterans Portrait Project, what I found was a complete disconnect in communication between veterans and those who love and support them. Oftentimes, veterans don't necessarily want to take the time to translate that military lingo, or maybe for some who've had maybe less than, uh, or like, for better words, a combat experience that they don't want to traumatize their family members with, uh, instead, so they'll internalize it. Uh, I think after action is trying to achieve a more open dialogue and sort of lifting the veil on the military experience and explaining why we are the way we are from conditioning and basic training, uh, all the way down to, um, the day we get out of service and become a civilian again and how, and how, uh, how hard that transition can be. So anyway, after action is it's a way to bridge the gap that I saw over all 50 states and, and hoping that this will lead to more uh, fulsome conversation between veterans and their communities. That's cool. All right, I love the title, actually. It's, uh, it seems like a perfect fit. The after action, we, in my American Legion Bills, we still use it after every event. We have an after action report and we muster for it. <laughs> I guess some people just, they can't get out. You can, know, give them right? a DD, you can give them a DD-214, but uh, they're in it for life. Yes. <laughs> um, I love that. I love that you're trying to bring uh, communities and veterans together. I'm a military spouse, and I travel around, and I try to use my comedy and uh, military advocacy to get local communities to sort of understand the, the problems that are happening within, like, that that veterans are experiencing, military families are experiencing. So that they can, all the, my goal is always all the people that say, thank you for your service, then, okay, now here's an actual problem that you can help with and let's talk about it and let's see how we can all work together as opposed to just staying within military communities and trying to hide it. And, and because it, we're not like, it's not working out in my mind. Right. Yeah. Um, so I love, love what you're doing there. Um, and I think people care. They want to know how they can help and, and what these experiences are. Uh, what well, is there, have there been any like stories that have really stuck out to you that blew you away as you're talking to these people? Oh my gosh, every episode. So every episode is a different topic and a different group of veterans. So we had 21 total and then me is 22, but, um, 
every episode had just even I'm in the community and I learned a lot by what by participating in this dialogue and I think one of the ones that stuck out to me was in episode two um called it's called the the title of the episode is pledge of allegiance and we talk about veterans who've earned their citizenship through service and um one veteran his name is Nick Paz and he's a a New Mexico native who, when he came back from Afghanistan, was really struggling to find a new purpose and a mission in life. And uh, he had heard about some folks who were down on the Mexican border who were who were stuck and without food or shelter. And so he volunteered to go down there and help out. And while he was down there, he found out about um, this program called Repatriate, Repatriate Our Patriots. I'm saying that right. Yeah. <laughs> and essentially, and I didn't know this, that some folks who um, enlist are going, you're supposed to be naturalized during service and earn their citizenship over the course of their enlistment. But for one reason or another, sometimes this doesn't happen. Now, while Nick was on the show, he shared the story about a Navy gal who was uh, a military sexual trauma survivor. So she was um, molested, raped in when she was serving in Chicago. Oh my God. And then was deployed shortly thereafter without really getting any support, uh, mental support or, you know, post-trauma support. And she had some mental health breaks while she was on her deployment. They came back and she was hospitalized and they gave her drugs and things like that and eventually boarded her out. Now that was a downward spiral into illicit drug use and self-medication in which she was found by the cops with illegal drugs and was promptly deported. Hmm. So yeah. I, I, I got chills and I, even when I share the story, I, I still get chills because I think about what led to this individual's downward spiral was no fault of her own. And through a lack of support through that trauma, she ended up trying to self-medicate, got arrested, got deported. Now, here's the thing. She was like the original DACA. She was brought here by her mother when she was like six months old. So when she was deported, she was going back to a country where she had, didn't know the language, didn't have a place to stay, still had trauma from her time in the military, and then had no support through medical care or anything. And she's still not home. What I found out through this particular episode was, some of the only ways that these veterans who've been deported, like like her, they have to die to come home. Every veteran is allowed to be buried in a national cemetery, and that's the only way they can they can get back, is to die. Wow. Well, that is that is um, it's a it's a big problem, and it's it's bigger than just being naturalized. Uh, and I am focusing on, uh, on on the citizenship aspect right now, not to minimize the MST, uh, because that is another huge problem. But I, I think the military can uh, focus on that and, and, and really bear down just on uh, punishment and, uh, and, and fair treatment and, 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 treat, and, and just treatment, mental health treatment. But as, as far as the citizenship, citizenship goes, I, I don't think they get naturalized in the service, but I've heard so many different variations. You, you need to be honorably discharged 
and then there's there's paperwork that has timing but they don't help it's not part of the it's not part of the transition it's, it hasn't been part of the transition process so people forget or don't do the paperwork in the right amount of time and then they get you know deported there was a episode uh, immigration nation on hbo had an episode of a of a marine ura that um ran through a similar had went through a similar thing and he actually to get back in the country he had to illegally cross the border to go to the state where he had a minor marijuana violation and begged to see the governor to get a pardon uh risking a, a, jail just from sneaking back in the country so it's it's horrific and the american legion it's one of our it's one of our legislative priorities so i think um i think this episode of your show is going to resonate a lot with with our members because it's one of the things that we're fighting for i love that and uh i love i mean I I need to do I have to get cable again to watch that I mean because no. I, I kind of need to I kind of need to watch this I cut that cord so long ago um I'm not even I'm not even sure where to put it in my tv anymore I'm just looking at my tv with affection you know what uh, you can actually stream it on your phone or anywhere you have wi-fi because if you go to pbs.org backslash after action you can stream the episodes there you go he's watching now yeah, can you guys go on without me? Because I kind of want to check this out. I think it's all super interesting. I, um, I, you know, checking out the episodes, you have a, a whole episode dedicated to service animals. And uh, do you have a service animal? I do. Oh, His okay. Uh, where? Charlie. Charlie. Where's Charlie? Charlie's passed out. He's doing what he does best. He's he's snoozing. Charlie's taking a break, Jeff. Why do you always want everybody to work, work, work? Work. Uh, <laughs> So what, so you have uh, your own service animal, lovely Charlie. Did you learn anything new when you were talking to other people about their service animals? Well, I think it's, what I, what I learned was there's no one size fits all, you know, not everybody's a dog person, not everybody likes horses. So we had somebody on, uh, Nina, uh, she's getting her doctorates, uh, as a psychotherapist. Is that how you say it? She's, yeah. she's uh, going to gonna be a head doctor and help other veterans. There you go. And uh, she uses equine therapy and, and horse, the power of horses. And then we had another fellow on his Vietnam vet who uh, uses parrots for veterans. Oh, so, wow. yeah, I, I just, I thought it was really, really cool considering parrots are such a, I, I guess, a left field animal in, in many yeah. ways. Well, you wouldn't expect it, but he was talking about these parrots can engage you in conversation and they're, they're right there uh, and they can go pick things up for you. And um, I was like, wow, I didn't, my mind is blown. I didn't think about parrots that <laughs> parrots for patriots. If you parrots want to learn more about them. You can teach them the, the acronyms. I think it's perfect. I, um, <clears throat> I was it's sent once. It's for the birds. I was sent once to go check out one of the equine uh, therapy places to see if it would work well for our base. And I think that they, they're great. They work. They seem to work well for a lot of people and people like horses. Um, when I went, though, they brought out their therapy horse and it bit me. And I was like, oh. this is not this isn't for me. <laughs> I, I, have, I actually live on a farm and I have horses, so I could definitely appreciate uh, what Nina's doing and, and where she's headed. 
Yeah. I think it probably just, it, it was like this person, the therapy it needs is a little tough love is probably uh, the <laughs> intuition of that horse. It's, you guys are, you know, this Air Force thing, you have horses, whatever. On the Marine Corps base, we get the, the little horse that you got to put a quarter in and it goes around in a circle. And if you're lucky. The, if we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and on Tuesdays, you don't have to put the quarter in. That's how oh, amazing nice. it is. Oh, so for the, speaking of Air Force versus Marines, you have books out. And people people consume text from ink-stained tree carcass, and you have two of them. I I do. Which what what are those about? What are those books about? Well, the first one uh, is called Shooter: Combat from Behind the Camera, and I I put that one together as sort of a cathartic way to bookend my military career. Um, you know, the injuries I sustained in Iraq is, was really what led to my medical retirement. And I was trying to process a lot of emotions and acknowledging the trauma surrounding my pictures and going back into my journals was a way for me to kind of say, okay, that happened. Um, and then I had a lot of folks that I was mentoring, um, that were women and there a lot of what was out there in terms of sort of photographic education was more geared toward toward men and so i wrote a photojournalist field guide in the trenches with me stacy pearson mm-hmm. Ugh, sounds so trite um <laughs> but anyway the book is for everybody all inclusive men and women and looking specifically about how to navigate high-risk environments and hopefully get back alive and those are, cool. I'm assuming, on Amazon and a local bookstore near you, if yes. they still yes. exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those, so you've covered, you've been the media that you've covered and and, and mastered here. Uh, your still photography, TV show, book. How do they all work together, and how are what's the most challenging? Well, I think the the most challenging is um, getting up every day and saying, today I'm going to live my life and, you know, in, in spite of the things that have happened to me and put one foot in front of the other and that I'm going to make the most of of what life I, I've been given, considering I walked away from a lot of really, really scary situations and not let it rule my life. And I think from the Veterans Portrait Project, which was a way to get the camera back in my hands and, um, you know, go the opposite direction of suicide, um, to helping others realize that they're not alone through after action and getting these conversations started. And then, you know, the the books, you just, I, I just put them out there and with no real intent of anybody like saying, oh yeah, this is going to be a, this is going to be a great book for you. And then other people found so much catharsis in what I had written. And um, I don't know. I just, I do things on the, I do things because I want to help or I don't want others to have experiences like I did. So if you want to bring about change, you have to be part of the solution or or offering those types of solutions. And I think my work through what I've done has been, has been endeavoring to do that. No, nobility spoken. Uh, I'd love to have you scream that 
that message of solvency to a lot of people I know uh, that just kind of complain or 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 live in live and thrive within the negative, um, mm -hmm. and and never never find the pathway of solvency. So uh, kudos to you because you have the career that you have, and it, um, I hope it's I hope that full thing is going to be in the show notes somewhere because you're legit. You are legit. Well, yeah. I mean, bronze stars. I'm just going to photographer of the year twice, not even in a row. She's got longevity there. Uh, military uh, photography of the year. And so many, I mean, if you see, you see the words valor, you see more than once. I mean, it's all over your bio. And yet the the ego is non-existent and uh you focus on other people which is probably how you 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 get a lot of these um focusing on helping others and and just being a capeless superhero which is always a shame when we when we get she you on marvel cape when we get her on marvel we'll get her a cape all right with, fair enough with a tango off a lima logo on the back because yeah, we are always self-promoting. So on, P on PBS, I'm, yeah. I'm super excited. I'm super excited to see all of these. And you said before the show that uh, one one is already out. But you, do you have the whole season in the can? Five are presently released. Oh, five. Um, but and so they are released every Friday. We've got two more episodes that are going to drop. So um, you can binge the five that are out. I, I think I think once you get into the first one, you'd be like, yep, definitely gonna watch the next one. So carve out five hours. And make there sure you, you, get, that you get your popcorn and your your notepad out to take some notes. And then give me a holler and let me know what you think, Jeff. I so, hey, you don't have to ask me twice. Um, Ashley, what do you what do you got? You got anything there? Well, so what I want to know is all the episodes look great. I've checked them out on PBS. What do you want? people to take away from your work here what do you want them to after watching it to think think about what you've created well i think after action i hope changes how people not only view the veteran community but what comes to mind when we think veteran because somebody like myself, who's uh, a woman, <laughs> definitely isn't, when I when you say veteran, isn't the one that pops into mind. And when people think disabled veteran, they certainly don't think of somebody who's able-bodied either or able-bodied in appearance. Hmm. So changing and changing our way of thinking to be more inclusive and more open-minded. And the veterans who are on the show our, our reflection of the military, which is so diverse um, from all walks of life, every demographic. Um, and um, I think that also is a way to say, hey, the veteran community is more than just the tip of the spear we see in movies. You know, it's, there's so many more people than, than that. And the experience is so much more vast than just a combat experience. You know, the the simple act of enlisting and going through basic training changes an individual. And through these conversations and these really nuanced um, topics, I hope that it's a revelation for folks. 
Well, I think you've done it. Well, you, you, uh, your, your work is, um, it's reminiscent of screenwriting to me where they say, show it, don't say it. And uh, all of your work in imagery and images is, is likely resonating with um, your mission more than just people saying, oh, vets are good people who just had a rough, you should like them. But I mean, your images are, are really introducing that community to people. I wanna kind of finish, I wanna get your reaction to a quote. You may have heard it. Um, I've lost friends to suicide and had my own battles. If this show saves one life, then it's been worth it. Do you know, do you know who said that? I did. You did. Um, what does, really what, is there any, is there anything in that quote that you want people to attach their, their psyche and their heart to? Well, listen, it takes a nation to send a country to war. It takes a nation to send our sons, daughters, men and women to war. And it's going to take a nation to bring us home in every sense of the word. And it's our responsibility to do that as a community and do it together, whether you're a veteran or not. We are all American citizens and all of us have that responsibility. And having lost friends to suicide, which is an extension of the war, it's like the war hasn't ended and we need to find ways to end these battles through whether that's through after action or American Legion uh, events or like Ashley's comedy routines, things like that. That's all of it counts. And, and again, I'll reiterate what you quoted. If we can save one life, then that'll have been worth it. Well, I think we have a, a be the one uh, ad there, super producer, Holly. Um, that's the American Legion's current campaign to uh, battle the, the, the tragic pan, uh, pandemic of uh, veteran suicide, which is also another uh, priority. And I heard that it was brought up in the State of the Union as well. So uh, veteran suicide is really at the top of mind. Love your quote, love your work. I, I, can, I can't guarantee anything, but I'm pretty sure uh, uh, the show has been worth it. I, I'm, I'm guessing you've saved at least one life and you've only got five episodes out. So what? All right. Look at, look at me here with, here with Ashley and Stacy. Uh, it's been a great, it's been a great interview. I, I appreciate everything that you do. I preach everything that Ashley does. Um, and, Thank you. Uh, and I don't really appreciate anything I do cause I'm just here talking. I'm oh, I appreciate everything you do. <laughs> I appreciate you, Jeff. <laughs> oh, your post. Where, where's your post, Stacy? Super producer Ali did. Um, <sighs> she saved me. I almost forgot. Yeah, I need to give a shout out to Post One Sixty Six in Goose Creek. They're um, South uh, Carolina, right? South Carolina, a team of hard chargers out there. And really, when I got out of the service, they were there to embrace me and kind of bring me into the fold and got my hat and everything so nice. all right and i'm sure they have plenty of portraits yes yes they were definitely <laughs> uh some of the early participants of the veterans portrait project i'm kind of i'm kind of bummed i think i i think i joined after you did that at the at the convention i've been in five years so i think i've 
I think you you did it before. So please come back. Or I, I will. Let's let's get let's make that happen. Or if you're in Los Angeles, California, I know a guy named Jeff Daly that would love to be in front of your lens. <laughs> well, uh, let's do it. <laughs> Alpha's out there. You know what to do. You got to get to PBS. You got to get to Amazon. You got to consume all of the media of Stacey Pearsall. She's earned it. I mean, she's doing the good work for all of us out there. She's uh served valiantly and uh she's just an all-around good person and i know that because i've known her for like an hour uh yeah. so, and, <laughs> and with that in-depth knowledge we're going to talk about stacy without stacy because she's going to be off doing other cape worthy things and we're going to be right back with you after the break the american legion is raising awareness about ptsd and veteran suicide by offering hope camaraderie and support. Be the one to help end veteran suicide. The goal of the American Legion's Be the One campaign is to destigmatize asking for mental health support. Be the one to ask a veteran in your life how they're doing. Be the one who saves one veteran. Go to be the one.org and help the American Legion end veteran suicide. Will you be the one? All right, Ashley, I feel uh, like less than I less stellar than i normally think of myself after oh. uh, talking to stacy yeah she hurt she hurt me in my ego because she's in your ego and your soul because she has she's risen to levels i will never get to well, she was in the air force she literally i use it again she literally aimed high and connected she, with her target yes yeah, she did she, she did she did nope she's amazing She's a rock star. She's awesome. Um, that's, I mean, that's my, that's my takeaway is just, it's a word I use, awesomeosity. Her awesomeosity is outstanding. Yeah, I made it up. Yeah. She got the Levitel Award, which is the highest one you can get at the Airman Leadership School. So she is crushing it. Uh, and then just, she continues, you know, she continues to give back. Like, you know, she's got her veterans portrait project, which is if you go and look at this photo, one of my favorite photos, she, she's um, there's a man that he's got his helmet and then attached to it, the purple heart inside of the helmet is all these like medication bottles, like looks like Motrin bottles or various medication things. It's just so poignant. She's, she just keeps giving back and keeps trying to share stories. And that's the way that we make a difference. Thank you, Stacy. I mean, she has all this stuff, and I don't even know what I'm going to have for lunch. So that's where that's where I'm at in life. Okay, it's time for time for my favorite part of the show. We have a little uh, thematic. It's Black History Month, so you'll hear some themes, and we're going to go right into it with rapid fire. Pew 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 pew. Rapid fire number one. One of the first black Marines, URA, 101, honored for his services from military.com. He's a 101-year-old corporal. Corporal George Johnson, one of the first black Marines, drew applause from the crowd Monday as the 100-year-old was honored for receiving the nation's highest civilian award. Johnson of Lauderhill, Florida, served as a military policeman during the World War II era and was briefly deployed in the Pacific during the conflict's immediate aftermath. He is one of the Montford Point Marines, the first black members of the Corps. 
Amadehi was recognized as a recipient of the Congressional Gold Medal at a gathering at the Fort Lauderdale African American Research Library and Cultural Center, where he drew cheers from about 200 attendees. They gathered to honor him and fellow trailblazers in the armed service. Sizz. After the event, junior ROTC members and community members swarmed the centenarian, grabbing pictures with him and reaching out, uh, reaching out to extend their congratulations. Johnson said he felt pretty good about receiving one of the nation's <laughs> highest honors. That is a Marine if I ever saw. How did it feel? Pretty good. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So that's, he's a different kind of Florida man. I, uh, he's a good one. Yeah, he's, a, he's one of the good ones. And interesting, the mm -hmm. Montfort Point Marines, I'm, I'm joining that. They have a, they have a oh, awesome. organization. And uh, I have a coin and that because we had we had a, the Montford Point Marines, the Iron Riders, the Buffalo Soldiers. They were all at our Black History program at Hollywood Post 43 in Hollywood, California. And uh, Rebecca Stewart Wilson of our auxiliary unit 43 in Hollywood, California. Uh, she puts that on every year, does a great job. And she got all of these people like living history, living history in front of us. And uh, the Montford Point Marines were part of that. So that's awesome. I'm so glad they gave them this award. It's so important. And then it's so important for those junior ROTC members to be able to see that happening and go, okay, look, this is something we need to keep pushing for. And we need to, like, this is amazing. Look at, look at what this person did. So I love it. I love it. And kudos to you, Florida. You got in the news for a good thing. Love that. All right, <laughs> rapid fire number pew pew two. Veteran who started neo-Nazi group arrested again, this time for targeting a power station, military.com. This is the not so good side of veterans. A National Guard veteran and his girlfriend were arrested Friday for allegedly plotting to destroy an electrical substation in Maryland, according to federal prosecutors. Brandon Clint Russell, a former God's guardsman and self-identified Nazi recently released from prison after a 2018 conviction for possessing explosives, and Sarah Clendaniel are accused of conspiring to carry out attacks to further racial or ethnically motivated violent extremism, according to the complaint. The arrests come on the heels of power grid attacks that peppered East Coast stations in recent months, and while experts warn of increased domestic terror plots, including ones that involve service members and veterans with ties to extremist ideologies. Whenever I read a story like this, I always think, did I serve with one of these pieces of filth? Like, seriously? You I mean, you, you don't know. They're not going to tell me. Right. Absolutely disgusting. I don't we can't really swear or talk about doing anything violent. The uh, Jared can the put podcast. a beep over it. <clears throat> I think that I, if I were to say what I really thought, then for the next three minutes, it would just be one beep. Uh, <laughs> it's absolutely horrifically disgusting. Who do you think you are? Long beep. Nazis are bad. <laughs> That's uh, oh, there's one my thing God. history has taught us. 
<laughs> Nazis are bad. White yeah. supremacists, bad. Nazis, bad. Extremist groups, bad. It makes me so unbelievably angry when one type of one group gets mad at uh, another group just for existing. Like there are so many reasons to hate people for their personality. <laughs> not not for any of these other things you absolute long beep jerick please put that in there uh it, <laughs> i thought I, you I, called them i thought you called them a long beep jerick are you long beep jerricks out there <laughs> you can just call them whoopsie daisies that's your name um, so uh, whoopsie daisies oh they're not deserving of a whoopsie daisy it just makes me so angry how dare you how absolutely dare you? And then there's um, all these things that are happening. We're, you know, we talked to um, the person that the cybersecurity person about how our electrical grids are so vulnerable. And then you're going to go do that to the United States. That's what you're going to do. Okay. Again, long beep, Jarek. <laughs> Nazis are bad. Long beep, Jarek. And yep, because that's there's there's two things here. It's, I mean, Nazi activities and domestic activities and what is probably a vulnerable thing for us are, are these grids the electric grid the 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 interwebs however they're connected together that's all magic i'd have to ask al gore um <laughs> we get him and here's the inventor so it's 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 actually it's it's scary on multiple levels and it's scary to think you wouldn't you probably wouldn't if you read this if you read this whole thing he talks about being in his, in his guard unit and he was already founding the his first his like entrepreneurs talk about yeah i built my first business when he was founding his first hate group and oh he my said, god people had no idea and they think about cool guy because i'm actually really funny no he's writing you are a absolute piece of <sighs> All right. Beep, Jared. So he may have been a leader of that group, but we're going to talk about a real leader in rapid fire number. Pew, pew, pew. Woo. Pew, pew. Yeah, that was three. Three. This is from our commander. Am I going to say Vincent? He doesn't go by that. I feel bad. Like I'm offending him. I'm, I don't want to offend him. He's a large, he's very, he's seven foot tall. Oh my gosh. No, he's not seven foot, but he's, he's, he's tall. Mm -hmm. uh, by Vincent J. Jim Triola, National Commander. This is in um, this was in Le at Legion.org. You can read it because uh, I'm not going through the whole thing. Dear American Legion family members and friends, America's story is written in the sweat, blood, sweat and blood of military heroism, valor, and service. The willingness and ability to train, fight, and die if necessary for the principles of justice, freedom, and democracy. Since the American Revolution, that story has been authored by men and women of multiple backgrounds. For too long, however, the role of Black Americans in our nation's military journey has been undertold, mistold, forgotten, or worse, deliberately hidden. The American Legion has persistently called for reconsideration of military medals and citations that were previously denied or diminished in stature, potentially due to racial discrimination of the past. Since Congress began mandating such reviews in the 1990s through the Defense Authorization Act, 30 Medals of Honor have been awarded to previously overlooked Black veterans of World War II. 
In October 2020, the American Legion National Executive Committee passed a resolution in support of legislation, quote, to lift statutes of limitations and other obstacles that may impede proper investigation and appropriate actions for minority veterans of all wars and conflicts whose military records and official descriptions of combat actions fully support consideration for award of the Medal of Honor and any other military medal, end quote. That's our national commander. I'm just going to call him Jim Traola. And that's leadership to me. Uh, recognizing your people, taking care yes. of your people, not advocating harming of people that aren't your people. Because um, that's, that's cowardly to me. The other thing yeah. that we talked about before, and this is better thing. This is an awesome thing. This is a Legion thing. Legion strong. So uh, kudos to kudos to the commander. Have you met the commander yet? I have not had the pleasure as of yet. But oh my gosh, that would be a photo. <laughs> you're, and then he's <laughs> he's seven feet. I'm five foot six. <laughs> You'd have to get on a ladder, shake that man's hand. I will, and I will. And I will. Do you know what? This this is interesting to me. We've never had a sitting or former national commander on this show. <gasps> oh, we did. Super producer. Is Wait, you're gonna come off mute for the people? Uh, <gasps> Wait, hold on, ladies and gentlemen. This is big super producer Holly. Past national commander Santos was in our 9-11 series. In a 9-11 series, yes. Okay. Thank you. Still haven't had a sitting. He did, because he, he talked about, I think 9-11 happened, and he, he lost his, his chance to speak to Congress, right? Yes, because that's like the highlight when you're national commander, you get to address the joint, oh. the joint Senate and House Veterans uh, Committee, and he didn't get to do that. Some things were happening. Yep, he had he had he had other things to do, um, but he he also he also was uh, a leader in in that moment in our in our another shameful moment in our country's history. So uh, we get some good ones up there that doing that national commander thing. That's fantastic, crushing it, crushing people. it, national commanders. Yeah. It's like they had to, you know, do a lot of things to get there or something. They had to impress some people, you know? You know what? Hard workers. That's what I've always yeah, said. Yeah, hard workers. All right, we're into final thoughts. Um, you got any final thoughts or shout outs besides to me? Oh, yeah. I just want to tell you that you look great today. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I want to shout out Super Producer Holly. Do you know what it takes to get her to do anything she didn't do camera but uh even have you ever done just audio you're gonna make her talk again <laughs> now she's just shaking her trap. head she's shaking her head and, we made her uh, feel comfortable and she's and making a slip read again <laughs> she's making a slip read again but i i enjoyed that moment um and i will say i i thoroughly enjoyed it and it's embarrassing 
for me to have to admit that during our, our Black History program, I think I learned more, more things than things I already knew, which hmm. is not awesome. Um, but I'm, but, but the, the experience of learning it was awesome. Um, especially from people who are, are so knowledgeable and devote a big chunk of their time towards that mission. All right, the point, I don't know what the point of something is to learn. She's typing. The point, she, the point you, of the month, the point of Black History Month is to learn. Oh, the point of Black History Month is to learn. And learn it because learning is good. And, learning good. Um, yep, so I'm gooder now that, wait, I learned English. I am better now that oh, I've gone through. You had that now, one semester of English. That, <laughs> that one program. Thank you, Rebecca Stewart-Wilson, um, for, for doing it. I guess I did have a shout out. Rebecca Stewart Wilson and the Iron Riders and the Black Buffalo Soldiers and the Montford Point Marines and uh, everybody who was there. We had so many people, the department commander, the department auxiliary president, the uh, former department commander, Hugh Crooks was there. Uh, we, we had a lot of people show up for this. So it was amazing. Oh, Hugh Crooks, Holly gave you a shout out behind the scenes. She had that little fist to the little fist to the heart. This my boy. This my boy, you. Uh, all right. Before we devolve into utter nonsense, why don't you bring us back to sanity, Ashley? Let's bring it home. Let's bring it home, Jeff. Um, hey, guys, don't forget to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. Please leave us a review and give us a big old five-star rating. Otherwise, I'll train your pets to steal from your wallet and give it to someone you hate. So the world knows how much you love us. If you have a guest recommendation, go to legion.org forward slash Tango Alpha Lima and click on the suggest a guest link. Thanks, everybody. Right. Thank you so much. And if you've taught us anything today, Ashley, you can hate someone for uh, their their what they've chosen to do with their life, but... You shouldn't hate someone on conditions of birth. It's little Martin Luther King-esque, but kind of Personality different. only. But kind of content of their character. You can hate them for that. Yes. yes. 100%. Yes. Not a problem with that. Yes. I support it even. Thank unless you. you hate, unless you hate me. No, but, of course no, not. They, no, they can't hate me. So thank you so much for being here uh, again uh, with the Tango Alpha Lima experience because alphas, you are the alphas of all alphas and I need you to go out and find more alphas so that we can do an alpha takeover of the mindset of this country to eradicate the nonsense that you heard, some of what you heard today and only you have the power to do it. Yep, putting all that weight on your shoulders and I wanna hear about how you are getting along with getting along. But until then, I'm going to declare season four, episode one, four, seven, mission complete.